Hey everyone, welcome to When Faith Meets Therapy. I'm Anthony Evans. And I'm Stacy Kaiser. And we are so excited to be able to bring you this podcast series based on our book, When Faith Meets Therapy. Let me formally introduce you to Stacy Kaiser, who is a very well-known, very successful licensed psychotherapist here in the Los Angeles area. And she happens to be my personal therapist. As I was pursuing hope and my practical path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing, Stacy has been my therapist along the way, and I wanted to be able to share her with all of you. Now, one thing that I need to let all of you know is that a therapeutic relationship is a confidential relationship. So I'm not usually on a podcast or in a book talking about my clients. As a matter of fact, if I run into them, we typically have some sort of an arrangement where I don't tell anyone that I'm their therapist. The reason that Anthony is here is because Anthony has waived his confidentiality to share all of this with all of you. But what you will notice as you're listening is that Anthony will be sharing his story. I won't be sharing his story. Absolutely. And tell him one one last important thing before we dive into today's episode, Stacey. Yes. It's important for everyone to know that this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the guidance of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have about any condition that you might have. Now, if you are in a crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you are having a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts, there is a new hotline, much like we dial 911, dial 988. That's 988, and you will get to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you are located outside of the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode six of When Faith Meets Therapy, an episode that we have decided to completely dedicate to feelings because you have to feel it to heal it. That's one of the things that Stacey has said to me, and I am an, I can be an avoidant. I can try to just circumvent feelings or take a spiritual bypass, which a lot of people, well, somebody said that to me um, not too long ago. I cannot take a spiritual bypass around my feelings. Some people can. Like my dad can start with the loss of our mother. He took, I, I don't even know how he did it. Like he was up preaching like not days, days later. I'm like, because he believes God's truth that intently to where he's like, okay, that hurt. That obviously is the biggest loss of my life. I've, I've done with, I've dealt with so much other loss at the same time, but God's, God's faithful. So I'm there. I cannot take spiritual bypasses and some people can genuinely do that. I can't. I have to go through these processes of feeling things um, to to arrive at healing, which is what you, you taught me. Yeah. And you also shared in one of these episodes that you're, you know, the emotional one, you're an emotional person. Yeah. Yeah. So for the people who are more sensitive and more emotional, this applies times 10. Yeah, absolutely. But- This is part of what I think is important for everyone to understand. Some of you are just like, oh, I'm not an emotional person. Um, What is the first thing a baby does when they're born? They cry. Yes. And how (laughs) do children let us know before they can speak 
that they're hungry, tired, bored, miserable. They most likely cry. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So we are born a ball of feelings. Mm-hmm. Those of you that do not share your feelings, express your feelings, face your feelings, have somehow learned that along the way because you didn't come out that way. And I think that that's part of what some of us forget. Now, there are a lot of cultures and there are a lot of families, just mm-hmm. individual families, that um, believe that, you know, oh, put brush it under the rug. You don't want to need to air your feelings. Now, just because we're saying that you should feel your feelings, it doesn't mean, mean you need to advertise them. Right. You don't need to, like, call the local paper and be like, let's tell everyone I'm upset. Yeah. Um. But I have to believe in that story your father told that he had his moments where he let himself feel his feelings, and then he went to go serve and take right. care of everybody else, which is what he does. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's, that, that is exactly what he does. But I've had to—and you, when you talk about cultures and stuff, like being a black man, there is a, 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 a expectation for being extra tough— because life sometimes you just got to be extra tough. There's just stuff that goes on, which that's a whole other st- uh, subject to talk about. But in my culture, it, the feelings can even be uh, like you're looked at as weak almost uh, to ex- right. to show those feelings. And so it's countercultural. This this whole podcast is counter countercultural in a lot of ways, just in general, broad stroke culture. But also in my specific culture, it can be counterintuitive. But I believe that it takes. Uh, counterculture, sorry, not counterintuitive, counterculture, but I believe that it's worth it. It's it's worth whatever you have to do to, dis- to, to decide that this is what I'd have to feel these feelings. I have to deal with these feelings so I can be healthy because stuffing them down is not going to work. I have uh, lots of people who um, lots of friends of mine. I actually talk about my my drummer in the in the in the book. His name is Chris. We call him Bebo. Who got injured riding a dirt bike, but he's tough. He's tough. So he got injured and he created this walk, which back in back you know earlier on there was this like real real vibey like cultural like limp walk that everybody was doing, like intentionally limping while you're walking, and it kind of gave this like swaggy situation. He made his injury into a swaggy walk, but. His mom was like, you're not doing that. In this house, we're not walking like that. But he couldn't stop doing it. She realized that he had changed his injury into something that looked like swag. And I believe that a lot of us try to cover our feelings and dealing with our feelings and 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 make it swaggy. Like we create a persona where it's like, don't mess with me. Like he's extra tough. Like that's the one you don't want to mess with. That Don't fool him. But it's like, no, that's the injured one that needs to deal with his feelings so that he can be whole. Like my, my drummer actually had to have surgery on that hip that he made look cool so that he wasn't going to be in pain for the rest of his life. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that that's a good point. And, and yes, uh, there are a lot of people that think feelings are weak. But like I said, we are born a ball of feelings. And it actually can make you weaker mm-hmm. to not face your feelings. Because one of the things that we therapist people know about feelings is if you're having them and you aren't dealing with them, they're somewhere. So yes. they can come out in sickness. They come. Some people just are really tired. Like, why am I so tired? It's like, well, because you've been holding in grief or anger yeah. or sadness yeah. or whatever it is. Um, and so... You don't need to, like I said, you don't need to sit and advertise your feelings to everyone else, but it's important that you take the time to acknowledge your own feelings. It can be something that's done completely solo 
by yourself yeah. or in an important, um, you know, with an important support group. And it, th so this is an interesting thing. One of the things that the research has found out that the more pain a person has had or the hardest, harder a person's situation has been, the more they actually do need to talk about it. And mm -hmm. so it, the people who have been in hurricanes and they end up like in those Red Cross tents, they try to get them to get together to talk about the hurricane right. because we know that talking stuff out releases it and makes us able to move on and be strong again. Yeah. So I view sharing feelings as actually a strength and yeah. not a weakness. Yes. And that's how I view it now that you've I've been working with you for so long. There are actually moments in our sessions with with where I, Stacey, at this point, can see feelings pass through my eyes before I say anything about it. And she'll go, wait, stop. What was that? Like, you're sad. And she's 99% of the time, yeah, if there have been 99 times you've been on it, on, on all, on, if there was 100 times you've been on it for 90, 99 of them, where you see a feeling and you make me stop and address it. Or with the loss of my mother, I remember you telling me, Anthony, go to your roof Take a picture of your mom during sunset up there and allow the feelings to come because you have to feel like you, you're, you're trying to keep yourself from crying about that. And no, you need to feel that. That's the only way you're going to grieve well. That's the only way that you're going to heal well is to allow your, like almost set yourself up for it, which sounds kind of like, why would you want to cry? It's because I want joy and it's going to come through these tears. It's going to come through the release of these tears. We're not. Right, yeah. right. And relief, too. Yeah. You know, in one of our other episodes, we you talked about, you know, the check engine light, your feelings being a check engine light, yeah, like indicator. a check engine light yeah. car, an indicator that something's going on. Okay? When you think about anything that has ever been accomplished, even in our country, people... It's because people take time to feel their feelings. If people did not get angry, yeah. okay... I don't know what would have happened to certain people's rights, yeah. right? Like anger is a motivator. It is fuel. If yeah. it is if it is used correctly. Righteous anger is what we call Righteous it. Yeah, anger, we talk about yes. that in the book. Yeah. And so if you aren't aware and in touch with your anger, you may not be able to evoke change. And I'm not just talking about like on a big like societal level. I'm talking about if you are in an environment where you're getting angry with somebody, if they don't, if you don't express that and they don't know it, they're not going to change. Exactly. exactly. And so we need to advocate for ourselves and, and, and be in touch with our own feelings for our own sake. A lot of people come to me. Oh, so let me first say this. You said that a lot of times I will see a feeling cross your face. Yes. I am what is called an empath. Um, you all can look that up for more details about <laughs> it. But the short version is I feel people. I literally can feel people's feelings. Um, so much sometimes, by the way, that sometimes I'm not even sure if they're mine or someone else's. But when I'm doing my counseling work, I know they're not mine because I'm just sitting presently with the other person. So if Anthony says that I see something in him, it's because I'm literally like feeling it within me. And sometimes people get so removed from their feelings because they were raised not to have them or yeah. socialized not to have them um, that they don't even know what they're feeling. I will literally say, what are you feeling? And they're like, I have no idea. Right. And I want everyone to get in the habit of at least knowing how you feel because if you know how you feel, you can start to figure out if you're happy or not and what kind of changes that you might want to make in your life. Absolutely.
Stacy, can you believe that it has been over five years since we met? I can't believe it's been five years. And five years ago, I never thought that you and I would be sitting in a room doing a podcast called When Faith Meets Therapy. And I really want to thank you because I think you're helping a lot of people. The stigma with therapy is real. And what we want people to know is that you can hold on to your faith and you can also work on yourself in a therapeutic process and environment. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They don't, but I'm, I'm excited that we, we are able to do this together to help people break out of cycles that are detrimental to them. Um, doing the work is not a sign of weakness. A lot of us think that therapy means that we're weak in our faith, and that is not the case at all. It's about helping you get a clear path to find healing. And we're hoping that this book helps you break through. I'm hoping that all of you will see that Anthony and I tried to share both of our perspectives. Anthony as a worship leader, artist, and producer, and me as a therapist. It is my belief that all the people that read our book and listen to this podcast will find help, hope, healing, and freedom while trying to navigate life's struggles. I want you all to know something. No one is immune from life's difficulties. And yet many people are reluctant to talk about their mental health or seek professional help when they're struggling. So what's the next step if somebody wants to get this book, Stacey? It's available everywhere. Just search for When Faith Meets Therapy book, and you can purchase a copy from wherever you like to read. This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. Life is full of twists and turns, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like we're taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles that life can bring. Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. Anthony and Stacy are passionate about getting you connected to a trained and licensed professional counselor. So here's how it works. Visit www.faithcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy and sign up to get the professional faith-based counseling that you deserve. Once signed up, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed until you find the right fit for you. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We all need to talk to someone and Faithful Counseling can help. Again, it's as simple as visiting www.faithfulcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy. Best yet, you will get this special offer for When Faith Meets Therapy listeners. Get 10% off your first month at www.faithfulcounseling.com slash therapy. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring this episode. Doing that on the earlier side, um, it, it 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 makes the changes easier. You know what I mean? It makes the addressing those feelings earlier makes makes the changes way changes 
way easier. I cannot imagine with the loss and the grief that our family went through and what I experienced with our mother, I could not imagine even these two and a half years later, if I had not felt, if I had tried to stuff these feelings down to right now, I would be a raging lunatic. I'm telling you, y'all, y'all, I'm not playing with you. When I tell you, if I would have tried to not deal with those feelings, push them down uh, and then push them down, but then continue to play injured. That's what I call it sometimes when, when you're in a, when you're in ministry, like I am and on stage singing about the goodness of God, it can feel like if you don't deal with your feelings, you're playing injured, but you, but you're so good that you can tape that sprained ankle up and you can play well, you can still win. But when you go back to the locker room and take that tape off, it's just a swollen mess and you're setting yourself up for more injury. I believe that, um, that, that us, dealing with our feelings and, and actually admitting like, I don't want to continue to play injured. I'm going to go and do the PT that's necessary to get back to a healthy place. It's, it's just necessary because more injury comes. I, I, again, I couldn't ma- imagine not dealing with my feelings uh, as related to my mother. I would be injuring myself at this point. I'd be injuring other people. People who work with me probably would have quit because I would have been nasty at this point with, with undealt with grief and anger and rage at times because of how things played out in the life of my family. Yeah, and and we do have a whole chapter in the book on grief. Um, but the you know one of the things I say is we grieve because we love, and your grief and pain that you needed to let out was literally because you loved your mother so much. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I think like they deserve it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, she yeah, earned yeah. your sadness because of her greatness. Her greatness. I've, I've never even, I mean, you've told this to me, but I haven't thought about it that way because it's so hard in, in the moment of like this sadness is brought on by how much you love her. And and thinking that way when the tears flow is, yeah, you you deserve this that's so interesting to say that. Like, you deserve this grief or you deserve this. It's like t- tribute tears. Yeah. <laughs> your your yeah. tears are a tribute to her. Yeah. And by the way, that's a lot like any kind of heartache. It doesn't have to be a death, any loss. Loss of a friend who you had a falling out with, but you were close with. Loss of a, you know, relationship, a breakup, right? Yeah. All of that stuff, it's because you cared about the person that you're grieving and hurting. I don't know if you all know this, but... Emotional bear, uh, emotional pain actually activates the same areas of your brain as physical pain. Oh, so yeah. heartache hits you the same as if you've literally, you know, touched a hot stove. Um, and that is part of why it's important to deal with our feelings. And interestingly enough, speaking of heartache, there is actually something called heartbreak depression. Like people have died of broken hearts before. Uh, yeah, we, I just heard about that as related to... The um the school shooting yes. the teacher the teacher's the woman, husband that passed yes. away right after yes the teacher died and then her husband died like twenty four hours later and they say he had a heart attack he died of a broken heart now mo- now he may have not been well I don't know what his story is and yeah but not, the timing of that is I mean that was right and yeah. some people just end up depressed yeah heartbreak depression yeah I've had that right and so you <laughs> need to deal with that also yeah wow yeah knowing that knowing that. <sighs> Culture telling you like st- stop crying, be tough, da, 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 all that stuff. It's it's so interesting because people would say that as related to emotions, but they would never look at a broken finger and be like stop crying, be tough. Or they would never, you know, the other day on TikTok, I saw a guy got 
his finger bit off by a shark or something that's kind of going around and became super viral, nobody would say to him, be tough. Like, stop whining about that. Like that, that, nobody would say that about physical pain, but emotional pain is the same thing. I mean, it's doing the same thing to the inside of you. Yes, and it's because of that messaging that you mentioned. There is this belief in our culture that there is weakness in crying over emotional things, yeah. but there, but there is not. Uh, yeah. And and one of the funny things I say this to people in my sessions all the time, like somebody starts crying with me, and I am literally thinking to myself, "Oh, this is good. This is good. They're crying." I'm like, and I will say to people, I may yeah. have said it to you. you have I'll say, I know you're hurting right now, but from a therapeutic perspective, this is really important and it's really positive because it's telling me that you're releasing your pain and that you're going to feel better later. Yeah. I mean, there's a phrase of having a good <clears throat> cry for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is. And what, what I had to understand is that on the other side of these cries, on the other side of getting my feelings out, on the other side of expressing them and dealing with them, there have been things born. This, this book, this podcast is born, was born and is happening because I decided to face and deal with my feelings. Like there are, to me, there are big things on the other side of you actually facing and dealing with yourself. Big things, not just for you, but big things for people around you. Um, experiences for people around you because you actually decided to deal with yourself. Like I'm literally looking at you and looking at this book and looking at these microphones and these cameras like this is because we decided to, to face the feelings and, and, and deal. This, this is birthed out of that. Yeah. So I want the viewers, the listeners, all that stuff to be encouraged. Like, yo, when I face this, there can be things born in my life that are going to be beneficial because I actually did this. Yeah. It's work. Yeah, it is. And and look, there is an important thing to mention here, which is that thoughts do control feelings. Yeah. And so feelings don't come from nowhere. You, something has happened. Someone has either done something to you, said something to you. You have thought something that has triggered the feelings. And if you don't look at it, you won't be able to, you know, make sense of it, heal it, address it, whatever. And I think this has happened to you, Anthony, but I'm not 100% sure. Haven't you ever had one of those moments where you're like, I feel some kind of way about somebody, but I can't put my finger on it? Like some gut feeling yeah. where yeah. you're like, I don't, something's not something's right off. here. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. That's where literally your intuition kicks in before your mind even understands what it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've had moments where I'm, I, I think like somebody's going to be lying to me. Like I literally feel it, but I have no evidence. Right, right, and, right, right. And if I was not in touch with my feelings, if I completely uh, shut this off, I wouldn't know that I couldn't trust that person. Because you can't compartmentalize what feelings you're going to be in touch with and what, what ones you aren't. Exactly. And that is well said because I also want to add, if you are going to put your feelings away, you're going to miss out on happy ones too. Because people who are open with their emotions are open to receiving joy, love, and happiness, along with the ones that we don't enjoy getting, like sadness, pain, anger, etc. Right. Joy, love, and happiness that doesn't come... Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to think about the way to say this. When, when you have undealt with feelings, I feel like in order to experience joy, love, happiness, or the illusion of those, you have to have very intense scenarios because you don't... Because you can't feel at a base level. Like you're you're not in touch with any of your feelings. So in order for you to feel anything, it has to be like wildly intense. I think that's why in certain scenarios, addiction's a thing, or you need something bigger to feel because you you're not in touch with 
You need something yes. almost like dysfunctional or wildly intense or not good for you to feel anything. I'm actually glad you brought up addiction because when people become addicted to things, and it doesn't matter if it's drugs, alcohol, pornography, like yeah. anything, um, it is typically a dysfunctional way of coping with feelings. People run from their feelings by diving into overeating, whatever. drinking, yeah. whatever it is. Mm. Um, and so that is, if that is a red flag. If you catch yourself like leaning in towards addiction, you want to ask yourself, what feelings am I trying to run away from? Yep. I actually, we had a talk not too long ago where I was like, Stacy, I am doing things that are out of character for me. Like out of care. This is not me. And you immediately associated it with feelings and things I was not dealing with. And and you started to help me or encourage me to rearrange situations because it's it's create it's stirring up feelings in you that you're not able to deal with. And now you're starting to be you're you're damaging yourself because you're trying to figure out a way to escape these feelings. Right. And so in trying to escape the feelings, we we hurt ourselves yes. instead of help ourselves. Which ultimately creates a narrative that you're devaluing yourself. And then it create it's just like cycle after cycle after cycle of going backwards on all this work that I've done, which I hate that it doesn't take long to burn down. Some, <laughs> you know what I mean? Something that took a year to build, you can burn it down in 30 minutes. I hate that feeling as it relates to Absolutely. therapy and working on myself. But I, I love the dynamic of being in touch with your value enough and your feelings enough to, to cut the cycle before it becomes a, a out of control when it, you know, with you wanting to feel relief from loneliness or whatever it is. I, I love the, uh, the, the dynamic of, of being in touch with dealing with those feelings earlier, earlier on, which takes bravery, but it's so, 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 so worth it. And we, and we all, we mentioned um, at the end of the other the, this, this past episode that it's about progress and not perfection. It's about just making a decision that, as related to this issue, I'm going to let myself feel it today, like this one. I'm not going to. Right, and it's really about being honest with yourself about what is going on with you. Yes, it doesn't mean that you need to tell everyone else. Like I keep saying, it's about having a moment to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Okay. If I am talking about dealing with feelings, then I have to bring up food for okay. a brief moment. Okay. Like in my family, we have a phrase. It's like, I'm going to go eat my feelings now. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And a lot of people, well, you, there's a lot of people I know, by the way, who are like, I can't eat when I'm in right. an emotional space. That's not me. But, but more people than not are the kind of people who literally will use food to like comfort themselves. Yeah. Um, side note. I love Cheetos and French fries. Like I am a savory go. person. Uh -huh. And so I have to watch myself because if I'm in a bad space, I'll be like, let me out That's a lot it. of this. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point that I can get a stomach ache. And, and so part of what I want everyone to know is, interestingly enough, food is actually a soother. When you eat... It does feel physically more comfortable. I For mean, sure. That's what we call it the, the itis. Exactly. The itis, like that, that itis is real. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. And so that's why we need to be particularly cautious when it comes to food mm -hmm. because it physiologically does make us feel better, but we don't want to be destructive. And, you know, like it's one thing for me to be like, okay, I'm going to sit and eat some of my like little cheese puff Cheeto type things. Yeah. And it's another thing for me to be like, okay, I'm going to have like three different bags. Until and this sadness goes away, I'm about to eat. <laughs> Cheetos or whatever it is for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And and I I do I think anybody listening could could put fill in the blank with whatever their Cheetos is whether it's food or otherwise. You know what I mean? They can fill in the blank with what you can what can can turn unhealthy if you start to use it to soothe a feeling that you're not dealing with. And that's a lot of things can turn unhealthy. I mean, most Right. People take, have a drink to soothe, too. Yeah. Same yeah. idea. Yeah, exactly. And it's one thing for someone to be like, I'm having a glass of wine. And it's another thing for a person to be like, I just drank a whole fifth uh, of vodka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 100%. I know that facing the the pain that we were talking about and facing these feelings, which ultimately a lot of times are painful because they're, you know, it's it's anger. It's sadness. It's stuff you don't want to face. Um, it isn't pleasant. It's not. It's not pleasant. But... Once you experience the good that comes out of facing it, it makes it easier to go into. It makes it, I now, when feelings come up, I now am wildly less likely to try to divert those feelings or squash them down because I remember the joy that comes once you face these feelings. And so I've, the last, I've spent the last couple of days in tears because of just stuff I don't, stuff that's just not fun to deal with. But I have allowed myself the freedom to, to go there because I know that on the other side of this, there's going to be joy. Because my other option is to try to numb, to try to squash them down. And then I will try to figure out a way to numb these tears. I will go spend so much money. I will go eat so much crap. I, I will do, I have a bunch of different ways that I, and I was starting to do that. And you, once I started to tell you that, you were like, no, 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 no. That's counterintuitive to all the work that we have been doing all these years. And you do you. You always say you're a grown up. You can make your own decisions, but that is going to ultimately hurt you. And so I've realized that that dealing with the pain, again, even though it it isn't pleasant, it changes us for good. And once you experience that good, it's easier to cut off cycles before they begin to destroy you. A lot of times, people will say to me, "What if I don't know what I'm feeling?" Because mm-hmm. you can't always identify it. That's you. And so. The two recommendations I have is, number one, you can literally go online and type up feelings list, like Google the feelings list, and you'll get a list of like, it'll have like 500 feelings on it or 100 feelings, depending on the list, and to look through it and be like, which ones feel like they're applying to me now? Mm. Or to run the list in your head. Am I happy? Am I mad? Am I sad? Am I scared? Am I hurt? But the other thing that I recommend is if you don't know what you are feeling, then try to describe it. Be like, okay, I feel heaviness in my chest. I feel heavy. Yeah. Right? Or I feel uh, lost and hopeless and tired. So it doesn't have to be a real feeling word. It's about trying to just get in touch with some sort of description of what is going on with you. Because if you can label it, in any way, shape, or form. In any way. It gives it life and validation and freedom to be released. Right. It turns your attention toward it so you can deal with it. Yes. Is that that's what you're saying? Yes. And you said truth is is that you are already feeling it. Before you even try to acknowledge it, you are already feeling it. You just need to allow yourself a moment to let it be known. Like it's it's in there. It's happening. You're something the heaviness in your chest, the 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 stuff that just kinda of, why am I so jittery? Why am I so irritable? It's like you're it's there. It just yeah. needs to, you need to allow it to be known and take a moment for yourself. And then, and then sometimes I have, I have said, I am really hurting. Oh, I have done that, stopped and let myself feel for a second and been like, oh my gosh, I'm really hurting because right now I am very lonely. And I have not, I didn't know until I stopped and slowed down and tried to just take a beat, like you said, and kind of go put some kind of verbiage around what it is. 
And once I realized that I could, I could, I just, I was able to actually, again, actually heal in the right way. Right. And in that moment, people listening are like, then are you going to get married? Exactly. And yeah, so I think you should clarify, like, by the way, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is this weird thing, like you've been on the road, you're yeah. traveling, you're touring. Oh, yeah. And so you're surrounded by people at your shows, yeah. on the bus, but, but that's not what loneliness is to you. Uh-uh. And you don't have to share what it is or you can share what I it can. is, but- I'm okay. just kidding. <laughs> no, but I no, think no, no. you should explain. That'll help people understand. Because people would look at your life and be like, wait a minute. You got people around you all the time. You got family, whatever. Yes. And so there's not just the identification of the word lonely, but it's like, where does it come from? Yeah. Loneliness for me comes from um, feeling like I have acceptance, but I had I had to perform for it. So it doesn't matter how much applause there is. It doesn't matter how many acquaintances are around me or, you know, now on this tour, for instance, I'm on, these people are my friends now that I've known them for a long time, but I like to be fully, I like to be, so I'm going to wait for that bang. It's not going to stop. Okay. I like to be fully known and not having to perform for not in any way. Being authentically 100% known, loved, and accepted and not having to perform for it is the way that I feel the loneliness fully goes away. When I was first, for instance, out, out on different tours or in, in scenarios where an audience, that's that's great, they're there, but they are accepting me because I just performed for it. And that goes back to childhood things where I, but that's, that's not, that doesn't soothe the loneliness, although I'm very grateful for my job. Friendships where I'm not fully known, but I'm just, you know, acquaintance kind of stuff, that can feel like work to me because my job is to go shake hands and smile and be on for people. I, I the loneliness comes when I am not in a position, again, of, of being, being fully known. And so I had to, feel that and to understand, oh, what you're longing for is this and then go create scenarios that soothe what I'm longing for and then the loneliness went away. But that wasn't until I got to the baseline of why am I feeling these feelings? Yes. So I'm. thank you for sharing that process because I think people need to sort of understand that sometimes it's messy and, oh, yeah. and you're trying to sort it out. And it's not that you don't enjoy the people like that you're talking to that are acquaintances. Yeah, I'd It's a that. different kind of loneliness, right? Yes. Yes. Right. It's when it's when that's the end of it all. Like I, it has to I have to land at a deeper level of that and I have to be strategic about creating that with a life where I'm always moving around. And, and you know, all, we have to be strategic about creating what works for me in the same way that the listeners have to be strategic about creating what works for them once they get to the base of why they are feeling that way. What, what yes. works for you to resolve that? Yes. And I just wanted to stick on this loneliness thing for one minute because it's a good example. You also can be surrounded by friends and family and be lonely for something else. Like like if I haven't seen my kids in a little while because they're older and out on their own, I'm lonely for them. Yeah. I might not be lonely for like work people yeah. or other people, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm lonely for that. Yep. And so being able to sort of differentiate, differentiate like where is this coming from? Yes. Because then I can go fix it and be like, all right, I'm going to make a plan to see my kids. Right, right. So I want to get into some practical, just some practical yes. things that, that seem, uh, some of this stuff is, is very baseline, but but it's, it's super important. Um, like making sure you're taking care of your basic needs. Like a lot of us, in order to even deal with ourselves, you need to get rest. You need to be in a position where your mind is clear enough to actually be able to answer these questions for yourself. Yes. And by the way, when we are not taking care of our basic needs, when you haven't eaten, slept, um, you know, all of that kind of other stuff, 
your emotions run higher too. Oh, yeah. Like out of all of us are way more like by the way, I get hangry. Oh yeah. Like I yeah, actually definitely. do get hangry. <laughs> so if I'm crabby, I'm like, okay, did I eat? Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so so those things are important. And then another important tip is and you'll hear me say this all the time in all kinds of categories, is that we really have to be compassionate with ourselves. Yeah. That the the work of getting to know yourself, dealing with your feelings, all things pertain to mental health, they take time. Yeah, absolutely. You also say being able to share your share your story of pain with a safe and trusted friend, family member, therapist, which I get to do with you, which I'm very grateful for. That that are those are steps. People will always give me nuggets. You give me nuggets that give me steps toward like, yo, this is how this healing is going to happen as as related to me telling you my 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 my, my feelings. And just as important as everything else is that you need to remember that your experiences and pain don't define you. You are more than the hard times you've been through. Proverbs 20:30 says sometimes it takes painful experiences to make us change our ways and you end up changing your ways when you allow yourself to feel and then heal. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to When Faith Meets Therapy. You can go deeper with us on today's episode by picking up a copy of our new book, When Faith Meets Therapy. It's available wherever books are sold. And if you felt like you got something out of today's episode, do someone a favor. Share it with a friend who might need to hear that they can find hope and that there is a practical path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. This show is a part of the Converge Podcast Network.